I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we love to watch. We love to watch explosions that spare no expense. I Pie. Hey, Aaron guy. <laughs> how, do you, Bear. Uh, how do you feel about uh, PewDiePie? Do you think there's any negative connotations for a new nickname for the show? Do you think that's going to be fine? What What are your thoughts about what I just threw out there without any warning? See, I like the way that you ambushed me with nicknames um, because the way nicknames should be is uh, an assaultive ambush on the person that is receiving them. Yeah, and um, recorded, ideally. <laughs> I, th- I like uh, PD pie sounds good. I mean, pie is better than cake, right? So it's not like yeah. you call me PD cakes. And there's um, no other like person who produces content for the internet that that sounds similar to that has any sort of bad reputation. No, no. I, I have no idea why anybody would name themselves anything like that. Because you're saying there's no problem with it. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where this landed. Uh, that's the problem with using double, triple, sometimes quadruple negatives. Uh, the Aaron, point I'm going to get out a piece of paper. X is a good thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if I could graph this. Uh, so, guess what time it is? Uh, tool time with Tim the Toolman Taylor. It's Slugfest. It's Slugfest 2017. Slugfest 2017. Maybe the only Slugfest we ever do. <laughs> Probably, because we had trouble coming up with a fourth. I don't know if Shivers quite works for this theme. Might have been better for Cronenberg Month. Oh yeah, but we haven't gotten there yet. We're gonna we're gonna talk like this the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need throat surgery by tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh yeah, we have to record again tomorrow. It's gonna be rough. <laughs> <laughs> My throat's gonna be a raw dog. <laughs> this is like a game of chicken now. See who the first person who stops talking like this. <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the bigger man. My okay. throat kind of hurts. Oh, thank God. Um, I won. Uh, so, so yeah, it's 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 Slugfest. Uh, it's t- 2017. We had a lot of ideas for, unsurprisingly, probably to the people that listen to this, for what to do this October. Uh, and we, we we settled on Slugfest. We wanted to kind of give an opportunity to do some movies that were not necessarily kind of canon with, with one end, uh, horror movies. Wait, capital C, C in canon? Yeah, oh yeah, all the C's, but just one so, N. So neither canon. <laughs> to be clear, there's an N, there's lowercase. one N in the middle, and then another okay. N at the end. So, so two N's, not okay. three N's. Okay. Not three. Yeah. People so, always forget about that last N in canon. No, yeah, no, this is yeah, <laughs> this is definitely on me. So, uh, so last last October, we we did some did a different theme, but it kind of led to us talking about these kind of uh, canon movies, the thing, both flies, the thing from another world, and we wanted to take it into a different direction, especially because next month we're really going to be hitting some classics of the horror genre with Romero Month and doing the uh, the Dead series. So this was a really good opportunity for us to change up the pace a little while still uh, paying some tribute to some more esoteric horror movie choices. And we're kicking off Slugfest with the only movie that can kick off Slugfest, 
little movie called Slugs. Gotta go with the slugs. Yes, it puts the slugs in the slug fest. <laughs> Quite literally. I feel like if we start with slugs, it'll kind of get us off on a good pace. Oh, like all of our movies this month, except for one, start with an S because it's slug fest. Because <laughs> of slug fest. That's the nice thing about slugs is they slither like the film Slither. They slug like the film Slugs. They're creeps like the film Night of the Creeps. They're screeps. It's throw creeps. the throw the S in there. <laughs> screeps, yeah. People forget about the first, yeah, the night, first night, of, night, night, night of the Screeps. Night of the Screeps. Um, and people also get shivers when they think about slugs. Ooh, so scary. Spooky. They're slimy. They're scary. Uh, also, if you're listening... Like you're um, Do you want to maybe take a second? Oh, sorry. I mean, they're scary. They're definitely not hairy. <laughs> Great work. <laughs> A plus. No need to throw out other ideas or workshop it. Um, <laughs> also, as you can tell, it's an Aaron and Pete episode with no guests. <laughs> I don't think we need to announce that ever. Uh, <laughs> just kind of the the caliber, but this is all good material. We're gonna keep it all in. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we've added a, another voice. There's we got we got Italian guy, we got New York guy. Subtle differences, <laughs> um, but, but we're gonna we're gonna count them as two different characters for our Saturday Night Live auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the us doing impressions of each other and <laughs> nerdy guy, which sounds like us doing impressions of each other. And now we got <laughs> Slugfest guy. Oh, and Whisper guy. <laughs> Yeah. Would you say Whisper Guy is like a full character or just kind of a bit you can do within any context? I mean, you know what? I'm not willing to, to put a label on it just yet, but for these purposes, it felt like we should put something on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like making the list longer because otherwise your points are kind of stupid. Yeah, I already had to double up on like three characters. <laughs> we really don't do much character work. For good reason, maybe. You're not reading any of my show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading them. I'm just not listening to them. Okay, well that's basically like the same as not reading them. So maybe next time, don't waste your time. <laughs> so I want to I want to do more whisper fights in my future. Not just with you, my boss, my wife, maybe my kid. Just really, just really get into a whisper fight. Yeah, I call them coat room fights because it sounds like you're at a party. Uh, you want to you wanna go yell at your spouse, but, like, you're not going to do it in the bathroom because that's weird. Oh, man, um, you just got to do eye fights. Where, yeah, like, so you do yeah. eye fights or you do it in the coat room. That's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's what the thing is. Eye fights are just, like, that's where you raise your eyebrows and you indicate, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you're usually like, not the instigator of uh, eye fights. I'm usually on the receiving end. <laughs> <laughs> and she wife's like, hey, baby, do you want me to yell at you in the privacy of our own home later? Yeah. And then it's short one-word answers until we get down to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> Are you mad? You. Are you mad? Are you mad? No. Are you mad is always a question everybody wants to be asked. I don't know. <laughs> I need a better transition. Are you upset? <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah. So, this is the beginning of Slugfest. Yeah, use more syllables and more synonyms. Eventually, you'll get the answer you want. You got to soften it. Yeah, you got to change it up. People like variety. Variety, variety is, is the spice. spice and you know it's another spice, salt, which kills slugs. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow, it's a trans call a transition. <laughs> Man, the best part about that segue is that it was so organic. It was hey. pretty organic, and I announced it so that everyone knew it was cool. And you know what else is organic? Slugs. slugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so 
so not only uh, not only do we have Slugfest, the movie slugs we're going to talk about today, we're also kicking off one of our favorite yearly traditions, something that Peter, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that we've both been preparing for for about mm, probably the first, second week in November when we started making our Spooktober watch lists uh, for this year. Uh, yeah, I, I literally started my Spooktober list on Letterboxd. I kept it private out of uh, sheer embarrassment for a period of time, but uh, started it November 2nd. And I regret to say some movies have been bumped to 2018 already. So what's funny is so I went back and I looked last year. And I said, how long? Because I, I do the diary thing on Letterboxd so I can see uh, every like date I watch something, at least since I started using Letterboxd a couple years ago. And so I went and I looked and I said, OK, so I watched 39 new to me horror movies last year, 44 total. How many days did I wait to watch another horror movie post Spooktober? Do you want to take a guess? Four? Four. <laughs> I watched two movies that were not horror movies in three days, uh, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And then on the fourth day, uh, God rested and watched another horror movie. <laughs> it sounds exhausting. And it us- and it is the couple of years, like the first year I did 43. The following year I did 58, 49 new watches. Uh, this year I will not be topping that. I will probably not even come close. It sounds exhausting, and in some ways it is kind of mentally exhausting. You start to get sick of the same kinds of movies, but here's the thing. But, like, you're still in this, like, hard track every single time. So, like, you, like, go to look at movies, and your brain is just like, well, I need to find a horror movie. I need to immediately go to the horror section. I don't know what it is where you're like, you're off the hook, but your brain is still like, I need to do more. And I think that's, like, so indicative of what horror fiends uh, mindset is that like and drugs and drug drugs people People that do drugs it is it's true though because it gets really exciting and you're kind of like adding to a total and then when the month is over you're like oh now i'm just watching movies there's no competition i'm doing there's no goal i'm trying to hit i'm just doing this for fun well that doesn't make any sense and we kind of talked about that you can burn yourself out. We talked about that. We talked about that a lot last year, that uh, that basically we had done that on previous years and that our lists going into 2016 were really like what we had learned, what worked, what didn't, not trying to include too many samey movies and really giving a, a semblance of variety to our lists so that we did not end up getting burnt out. And I think both of us did a really good job, at least from the standpoint of I think we were still pretty uh, – can listen to our episodes about this but it feels like we were still pretty jazzed by the end of it and like i think our conclusion was that the day after halloween both of us were like almost took a forced break but we're ready to watch horror movies which is a sign i think of a a successful spooktober so let's let's get into what we're doing this year on a few different levels the first thing i want to talk about peter down to brass tacks Besides preparing your movie list and cutting down your movie list that we both have done, we're going to get into some themes we put into our personal list, some movies we're looking forward to, some rolls of the dice that we added at the the last inning here uh, before Spooktober, because this is September when we're recording. Uh, so our Spooktober starts midnight on Saturday. We're about five days away, so we're, we're probably both getting the jitters, getting really excited. 
but I want to talk about what did you do to prepare? So what what was your, did you have a horror movie fast? I can tell you for September, I've been watching a lot of horror movies all year. But for September, I cut them out completely. The only thing I ended up watching that could be considered a possible horror movie uh, was a ghost story, which after I watched it, I determined, oh, that's not a horror movie really at all. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not. I'm going to go into Spooktober, not only having taken a, a very long fast from my favorite genre, but also even more uh, mildly infuriating to me. Infuriating is not the right word. Annoying. Vexing. Vexing. Uh, is that I have been obviously uh, filling holes on my Spooktober list that I can't rent digitally, and I don't want to wait for Netflix by blind buying a lot of movies that are a little hard to come by. So I've literally tortured myself over the last month by getting all these fucking movies I can't wait to watch delivered to me and then just, like, sadly putting them on my shelf. So that's what my September's been like. Peter, how you how you been? Getting yourself ready. Early in the month, I watched a lot of it because I couldn't wait. And then eventually I was like, holy shit, I should like pump the brakes. I did watch Curse of the Cat People, which is uh, not really a horror movie. And I was like, after that, I was like, okay, I should actually keep it down. But then it came out. I had to watch it. So that is the big horror movie I've watched the past two weeks. I've been attempting to do the same thing as you, dude. I've been trying to fast so that it feels really, really good when we we launch in. Because you gotta get a you gotta get a strong start. It's just like any race. You don't have to go fast at the beginning, but you gotta you gotta get a good uh, healthy start in terms of your mental mindset, right? I feel like the first few days or the first weekend it should be almost as good as like the last weekend for what you're hitting. But yeah, I mean, I watched I watched Evolution and a couple spare little horror movies that I just couldn't help myself on. But for the past like two weeks, I've been trying to like just just hold on, just hold on, because it's gonna feel so good. Both of our short lists, which we won't get into uh, on this episode, but I. We may post our short lists, too, online uh, on our Facebook group, uh, but I think they both started at over 100 movies. I pared down to 51, which has since become 60. I'm kind of shooting for 40, 45 this year, so at best, I'm probably going to get 75% of this list. We'll, we'll talk about why I'm fine having some extras and how that was actually part of my uh, creating a list this year. Peter, what did you start at with your short list? And then what did you, what are you at right now? My list started in November of 2016. So my list started with like 30 entries before I even got to 2017. In the past month, it got up to 75 or 80. Now I'm at 54. I think 54 is a good number. Cause like, okay. I'm not gonna, I, I probably won't actually watch 54, but. It's good to have options. It's good to have a little bit of flexibility so that you don't burn out. And one way to burn out is watching like one year I was like, I'm going to watch, I, I, you know, I think two or three years ago, I was like, I haven't seen all of these giallos. So I tried to watch like eight giallos in a row. That's like, yeah, that's that's burnout material. Especially because most giallos can lose like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially Dario Argento ones can yep. lose. 15, 20 minutes all the time. So yeah, you need to like keep it fresh. And also me in recent years getting more infatuated with classic horror is really nice because a lot of them are like 70 minutes long. Oh my God. I mean, that's one of the reasons that this is very doable is because it's rare to have a horror movie that's over an hour and a half, some are even less. And two hours really is your max. It's it's also part of the reason why I have, even though it's been on my last Spooktober lists, it is not on this year, is that I still haven't watched uh, Quieten yet. Because, you know, it's like, oh man, I could watch Quieten. 
or I could watch three other horror movies. Yeah, those those long ones really they really tamper your numbers because like this year I'm starting off with this Korean movie called Creepy. It's like over two hours and I purposefully put it first because I'm like everything else the rest of the month is going to be shorter than that. I yeah. watched Quiet I watched Quiet last year uh, and it's amazing. I really want to see it. Yeah. But uh, the other the one of the reasons that I love it so much is because it's an anthology movie. Um, yeah. I'm a huge fan of it. We've, we, we edited an episode last year on our on our best of anthologies for Halloween. Uh, our surprise special was entirely on anthology movies, so definitely check that out if you want to hear our thoughts on anthologies, because we talk about it uh, extensively for an entire episode. <laughs> so, uh, so before we get into our list, what we're starting with, what we're really excited of, little the- little mini themes we did within the list, uh, I want to talk about one more thing. Peter, do you have any special plans uh, besides just watching a lot of horror movies for Halloween, anything that you're going to do, uh, so, event-wise, theater-wise, Halloween day-wise, anything like that? I uh, moved to San Diego in the past uh, seven months. One thing that I'll miss more than anything is the Music Box of Horrors yeah. at the Music Box in Chicago. One year I would like for to figure out a way for both of us to go really really little kids maybe in like three or four years when you have like i think i think i could probably swing it like if i really if i really pitched hard it's definitely not going to be next october because i'm going to have a six month old uh but the the following one i bet i could swing it basically what you're saying is you don't really know what you're going to do you're still kind of like feeling out what what's some fun stuff i think i'm going to go see john carpenter perform uh, Halloween night up in LA. Ooh, that's my my current plan right now. Uh, but I just need to get my brother on board and maybe a couple a couple other people. Yeah, he is. He's coming here too on November seventh. Um, and I actually won't be in town on November seventh. So the John Carpenter's rock shows are supposed to be so fun. Like yeah, they're they're supposed to be like actually way more exciting than you would think. Just like and I, I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that gets off on just like listening to his scores as is. But they're supposed to be more of like yeah. A, don't walk in the room if he's if yeah if uh, if Peter's listening to the score for Halloween three season of the witch like leave his apartment complex. Yeah. If these synths are a bumping, don't come a rumping. Honestly, though. If you're going to come a rumping, call first, regardless of what's playing. <laughs> please. Please. Google calendars are really easy to set up. Uh, I sent multiple invites. Cozy. Unrequited. Yeah. Um, don't just act like it's an open invitation. Just show up if you can. Yeah, you can't have a rumping pop in. It just doesn't work. Frankly, I'd be offended because and you I should mentally prepare. Don't don't apologize for being offended. That is unconscionable behavior. There are strict. You know what? They're not written down anywhere because you should just know. Okay. Yeah, in your heart, that's where they're written if, down. If you're a decent person, if you're not a total sack of oh, shit, you sack of shit. You fucking asshole. You fucking sack of shit. You fucking sack. <laughs> well, I, was trying to, I tried to transition into slugfest. You fucking sack of shit. So yeah, do you have any? So do you have any horror plans? I, I actually I have a big one, um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, no, what I am going to do is that uh, we have tickets to go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, in uh, 35 millimeter. They're doing that 4K uh, restoration uh, roadshow. I think that's October 22nd. 
That sounds amazing. So we're going to do that. And then uh, my wife. My wife. My wife. And I, uh, my wife thinks she has seen the movie, but she's also not sure if she just saw a sequel or a remake. And my wife's sister, who uh, loves horror movies, a lot of times when she comes over and hangs out with us, uh, what she wants to do is watch horror movies uh, uh, and likes likes to recommend stuff. She's never seen it and has always wanted to. So we got a ticket for her as well. And so all three of us are going to head out to see uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's amazing. Uh, so, so not only will I get to see it on the big screen, 35 millimeter, 4K restoration, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the, I get to watch it with uh, two people who have uh, never seen it, essentially. So uh, in a crowded theater, which I cannot imagine uh, a better place for something like that. So what I pray for you is a good audience. Uh, a receptive audience. It's not at like uh, like an AMC that's doing like a classic night. It's at a place called uh, Trilon Micro Cinema, and you know the only thing they show at this place is like uh, restorations and that sounds like no cl- teens hang out there. Yeah, so it's it's out of the way. It's you know it's a one screener, so it's 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 not the sort of thing that you would go and go. Oh hey, over at the old car mic. They're sh- I see they're showing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We should go see that. Because I did I did have that experience with Halloween, uh, I think it was last year, where there was a couple dickheads. Maybe it was two years ago I went and saw Halloween. Yeah, if you're that person, just seriously don't go to the movies. Stay home with your dumb, giggling stoner friends and just like make fun of the movie in the comfort of your own home and ruin the movie for just yourself. Oh, yeah. No, and they were the worst. They were, like, calling, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, why go in the closet, you stupid B-word? What? Yeah. I mean, like, that level of just... And, like, that's near the end of the movie where they really... I don't know if they got drunk or... not. That's not an excuse, but, like, they were not like that for most of the movie. And, like, the last 20 minutes, they kind of started, like, being that... Yeah, it was it was like and every you could tell people were annoyed. I gave them a good stare down on the way out. I think they got it. I think they were apologetic. Oh, did you um, get your good movie experience back? You know, I just imagined a better one. Yeah. Um, like like anyone who's been through a bad experience does. So I, I saw Night of the Living Dead, for instance. Yeah. Uh, at an AMC near my house, and it was mostly empty. And then there were like three stone kids in the front. Well, because you can just everything. like let's go to a movie. And then they're like, oh, fuck, Night of the Living Dead or Halloween's playing on the marquee when they walk in. Let's go see that. So it – Yes. Um, and it shows up on Fandango and all the other things. So it just – it gives more of an option. They, I mean, they had a list of how many tickets were left when I bought the tickets last month for each showing that they were doing over three days. So I, I feel like it's going to be pretty dickhead proof. Um, awesome. That's great to hear. The other thing that we're doing this year that we haven't done yet, uh, my daughter's three, we have a group – uh, we have a family uh, Halloween costume that each of us has our own thing. And um, my, my daughter's already super psyched about going trick-or-treating again. She loved it last year. She was she's, – she's talked about it on and off throughout the entire year. Uh, so we're doing – she's Little Red Riding Hood and I am the Big Bad Wolf and my wife is Grandma. That's a great, great family costume. Yeah. So that's going to be – and actually we took her to the Halloween – so this uh, – <laughs> you'll you'll appreciate this especially. So we took her to the Halloween store to pick out costumes and that's where we kind of were like um, – we actually just got – she started watching that Disney Little Red Riding Hood uh, cartoon and she loved it. So when we saw it there, we offered that as a suggestion. It wasn't until we had already left – or about to leave, we saw like the big bad wolf in grandma's uh, mumu or whatever, and we're like, oh, maybe we should do a group costume. Um, 
But if you've ever been to a Halloween store, right, you know, they have all of the, the spooky decorations. They have on display a lot of the uh, expensive stuff, too, that, like, pops out at you, like, spiders that fly at your face if you step at stuff. And, uh, like, they have this, like, one, like, Lucifer-like figure who, like, was, like, eight feet tall and, like, stood up and went, welcome to the pits of hell. You're welcome. <laughs> like, that, that kind of shit, right? That guy owns. So, my daughter... Loved it. She wanted to step on everything. And and she was just like, can we do it again? She wanted to she'd be like, Dad, I want you to do it this time. Uh, so much so that, like, people were watching her and were just, like, amazed that this, like, this little girl was not terrified. And, anything, uh, and another mom came up to us and was like, my kids won't even come in this store. That's amazing. Because, yeah, there's a there's a perfect age where little kids are not afraid of anything. And then they either stay that way or they learn that things are scary from the world around them. So that's a beautiful age to be. Uh, my niece was also similarly like she helped me set up. Uh, and by helped me set up, she watched me set up uh, all the tombstones in front of my parents. Yeah. Last one year and all the spider webs and all that shit. The lights, the spooky music. And she thought it was so cool, mostly because I think I was, like, showing it to her and it was yeah. like, something new and weird. And then now she's just kind of, like, a normal girl. She's kind of afraid of a lot of stuff. My daughter, like, a year ago would go on any ride and not be scared. And, and this year, this summer, she started to get more scared of of stuff like that. So She understands death better this year. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, we, we've, we've hammered that home. <laughs> um, well, every morning. I mean, she talks about she is three, so she and she she talks about death all the time. But I think she just thinks it's like laying down, like oh, and then they killed him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know where she gets all that. Every, every day's a surprise. I'm gonna try to maybe uh, show her some like really mild, scary stuff this year, like maybe like uh, the Mickey Mouse ghost cartoons and stuff like like really mild stuff. So yeah, so that's that's kind of my plans. Um, let's get into let's get into some watches. So there were a couple little mini themes that went into structuring my list. So my wife does like horror movies, uh, but she is definitely she likes mainstream horror movies. She likes movies that were released in the last twenty years, and she likes likes them to you know actually just kind of be scary movies. She's not so much into uh, psychological horror or, well, that one creeped me out or made me think. My wife will watch a few of these movies with me. So I kind of create a list of like 20 movies that I think my wife, at, at the very least, I don't know if she'll like them, but it kind of meets her criteria of what she would enjoy in a horror movie. Now, since I've never seen any of these, as that's the whole point of what we're doing here. Uh, I have much less of a guarantee that that will be the case, um, but it's at least stuff that like, well, this should be up your alley. This this is stuff that you like in a lot of capacity. So so uh, that's that's 20 of my 60 was like because I, I doubt she's going to watch 20. But I did want to be able to give her options like, hey, here's three previews. What would you want to watch tonight? So there's a lot of stuff like that. So it's like Carrie, the remake, which I've actually heard some good things about it. Uh, stuff like Life that came out uh, recently. Uh, stuff like Prevenge or A Dark Song or The Autopsy of Jane Doe. I got uh, both of those last two on mine. Yeah, The Last Exorcism and like some true story stuff. Like she really likes true stories. So stuff like Snowtown. Snowtown is great. It may be the only movie, uh, good movie Justin Kurtzall makes. <laughs> oh, I... 
not not for me. Uh, we are going to try to see it in the movie theater. She really wants to see that. So we're- it's such a fun crowd pleaser, dude. If she likes if she likes scary movies, like in a traditional sense, it's going to work great on her. She's very much the type of person that's like, oh, we can wait till video. And she does not. I still say video. We, we can wait till home VHS. It's available <laughs> for sell through. Um, but we want to go see it. And then there's two Stephen King adaptations uh, that are coming out on Netflix that I, are kind of on her list. Uh, Gerard's Game and 1922 uh, that are going to come out in October. So uh, so th- those are kind of a sampling. There's more, there's more than that. But... Uh, that that was like a part of my list, uh, and then another part of my list was movies that I had purchased, blind bought, uh, but had not gotten around to, uh, and you know that that always has like a special special pang of guilt if you like purchased a movie you are so confident that you're gonna like this movie that you were just like fuck it, uh, I'm doing it I'm buying it. Uh, and then you – it's been like a year or six months and you still haven't uh, still haven't watched it. That's a very specific type of shame. So I'm going to try to uh, get rid of that shame and watch some of those. Stuff like Salem's Lot, which is my long one this year. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2, Burial Ground. There's going to be a lot of Salem's Lot watching this year for sure. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, so stuff like that. I got a few of those. And then a few that I just purchased too. Because I'm like, well, the only way you can watch this is – purchasing it so fuck it um the other kind of main mini kind of theme i did was scary movies that were targeted as a at a kid audience so i have about five movies on my list that fit that criteria because i thought that was an interesting change of pace on something i hadn't done before so we have like return to oz we have the witches we have uh something wicked this way come stuff like that where it was like, these are movies that people say are very scary, but they were kind of designed to be uh, viewed by children. Uh, and then, of course, uh, other smatterings of just making sure that a balanced diet, you know, I have a few silent movies. Uh, I have a few classic uh, uh, classic horror cinema stuff, uh, a few stuff that have been sitting in my uh, queue forever that I've been really interested in seeing, and a few recent releases uh that I've been psyched to see, like The Lure, Train to Busan, that I haven't got a chance to watch it. I would say if there's one dearth on my list compared to previous years is that I only have one anthology movie on my list, which is Tales uh, from the Hood. Last year, I think I had six or seven, uh, the previous year as well. So I feel like my kind of uh, child-marketed horror movie kind of took the place uh, of, of that this year. Just like previous years, the list gets very uh, malleable. And as I talk to Peter each week, uh, stuff can get added pretty quickly. Yeah. So the the list is supposed to be a little bit liquid, but uh, my goal is to not just keep pushing movies to 2018, which I've already. uh, You already got a full list. Yeah, I mean, I've already done that. Uh, mine is mostly a mixed bag. Uh, it is the the shame movies, the movies I bought like years ago. Like I have a couple movies in here, like Infection and The Eye, that are movies <laughs> that I bought from a Hollywood video going out of business like oh, a decade ago. That's that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's stuff in here, and then some stuff is like you know liquid because it's whether or not I can find a good uh, way to watch it. Because that's the other thing about horror movies is like, uh, you know, these 
these companies, uh, these Severin and Blue Anchor and all these companies and obviously Criterion and Synapse, they're doing their damnedest to keep these classics like in circulation uh, and get them good releases. But there's two problems with that one. Sometimes you have to blind buy a movie that costs like $30. <laughs> yeah. Two, they can only go so fast. So like some of these movies might be just like gone. Like I can't find them anywhere. Um, there's not a lot of themes. I do have a couple kids movies in there. 11 of the movies on my list I purchased uh, because that was the only way to watch them. I have a few on here that I am going to just have to straight up buy. Uh, I still use Netflix discs. Uh, I don't pirate movies. And so it kind of leaves me with few options. Uh, yeah. I'm willing to pay for VOD, but like sometimes it's like, motherfuckers, why are you guys not yeah, these are with some version of this f- for me to pay $4? For to me watch. to rent, yeah. Or there were some like uh, The Gate or Spider Baby where the only version available was the non-remastered version. And I'm not trying to sound like a hoity-toity, oh, I only want to watch the HD. But I've been burned way too many times by fucking Amazon SD rentals to be like, this is actually ruining the movie for me. I would rather spend 25 bucks on a movie that people seem to really like and actually get the experience. And that's why I uh, may not end up watching Messiah of Evil this year, because uh, all the versions that I can find anywhere, even the version on Shudder, which I love Shudder, uh, are garbage. Um, yeah. So I'm, I found an okay looking version on YouTube I might watch. Uh, same thing with Extro. Like if I, but if I can't find them, I can't watch them anywhere else. But the only uh, real notable ones here, The Gate is also on my list, but the only real notable ones here is I have Something with Wicked This Way Comes and Ernest Scared Stupid. Those are uh, two movies I'm going to try and watch my, with my girlfriend, and my girlfriend does not like watching horror movies at all. Uh, she That's doesn't like watching them when they're scary, and when they're not scary, she wonders what the point is. Uh, she'll watch <laughs> the classics if I make her watch like one. Uh, like I made her watch The Shining one year because I was just like, well, it's one of the best movies of all time. You should watch yeah. it just because you know it's like well, it's The Shining. You don't want to see Shining. It's Shining. <laughs> it's like it's like watching Citizen Kane. Like it's like a movie that you should just see just so you can like yeah high canon. This isn't like the broad canon. That's like the high canon. Yeah, um, stuff to see just to be a person. Uh, so I'm gonna watch both of those with her just because like I think she might think they're fun because they're more targeted like at a younger audience and they're more supposed to be fun. Um, uh, one side note here. Uh, the reason I'm watching Ernest Scared Stupid is because of the Ernest cast. Hey, Vern, it's a podcast that I'm doing with Marcus Jones. And by the time that this is out, uh, first episode on Ernest Goes to Camp will already be out. On this very feed. On this very feed, you will get another podcast pilot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for, for what we're going to do with these projects once we kind of get them all up and running. But uh, but yeah, so that's why I'm watching Ernest Scared Stupid. And I might end up watching it too because I may be a guest on a different podcast. And we've invited Aaron to come on as well. So if you hate me, but you really, really like Aaron, definitely listen to that episode. Coming and if you hate me and you really like Peter, listen to all the Ernest episodes except that one. <laughs> and the other thing we're going to do is I am getting more into Universal Classics movies in the past couple of years. Oh, nice. So I'm watching uh, Phantom of the Opera. It's good. And my girlfriend really likes the Joel Schumacher one, the musical, mm-hmm. for some reason. So we're going to I'm going to make her watch the old Universal one. 
and I'm going to watch the uh, musical new Joel Schumacher one. That's the most interesting thing I think I'm doing all month. Like <laughs> we're we're doing like a take and give because she really likes. You, you can't you can't count the Joel Schumacher one on your list though. If you bring that here on one of these weeks as a recap, I'm going to object mildly. Uh, you know what? It's on my list. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I guess. Um, let, let me see. I might actually watch it and be like, well, you know, I'm glad I watched it, but it's not going on my official tally. I've never seen it. Um, um, well, I, I do count because there's I feel like last year, like I watched Burby and Sound Studio. And I was like, well, if I, if I would have known this movie, I wouldn't count it necessarily as a horror movie. A Barbarian Sound Studio is like a movie that's a horror movie in everything but content. Like, all of the editing. It feels like a horror movie. It just isn't, really. The sound design, everything yeah. is... The aesthetic. It's it's a horror aesthetic without the horror movie. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's sort of what my, my Spooktober looks like. Is uh, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. I, you and I share a lot of, of movies, but, yeah, there's no real theme. The most interesting thing I'm doing all month is my girlfriend and I are doing a give and take on the two Phantom of the Opera movies. Or two of the Phantom of the Opera movies, I should say. Let's talk about what, what you have in mind right now for your big finish. Um, now, you may be gone to the John Carpenter concert on Halloween Day. Let's assume uh, everyone abandons you and that doesn't pan out. Uh, what <laughs> what are you thinking from a movie standpoint? I got to tell you, I feel like I don't have a killer one that I'm saving for Halloween Day. Last year, I had Society. Uh, I had heard so much about it going into it. Everyone that uh, was posting about it, that had written about it. They may not have all been five-star reviews, as they should have been, but they were all like, what the fuck was that? Um, yeah. It was enough to really, you know, get, uh, get the anticipation up and was, okay, this is my one. This is this is the one I'm saving. This is the one that everyone, uh, at the very least, um, is perplexed and amazed and horrified by. Uh I don't feel like I have that this year, and so I'm not I'm not quite sure what my plan is. Like, there's there's some stuff I'd like for me to be my plan, like stuff like The Lure or It Comes at Night. Maybe have some 2017 horror movies for the last day. But to be honest, it's been hard enough making it to October for those two. So yeah, I'm not waiting on either of those. <laughs> Even some stuff like maybe I save and do a Yuzna ending, like last year. But, like, I got Faust, uh, Love of the Damned, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, which doesn't feel like as big of a finish as I want. Yeah, I don't have, uh, I don't have a big finish this year. I might, as I go along, come up with something. Maybe I'll, I'll do The Gate or something as, like, my big Halloween movie. See, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking The Gate. You want something fun. You want something that might be, like, kind of, like, feels like a party movie. You don't want to do something droll and sad and is about, like someone getting ground yeah. into the dirt you want something that's like a little bit more festive or lively yeah like a cel celebration it's yes. it, thing about the gate though is that it's pg-13 which is fine but i also i've read some mixed stuff like oh that was kind of cute and and it's tough because you don't want your final number to be a letdown but the whole point of this fucking thing that we're doing is that we haven't actually seen any of these movies yeah, it's hard to tell what is actually going to surprise you. Every year, I get, like, my list completely upended. Like, I've re yep. 
was like, oh, the church. I'll knock the church out. Just, just so like, you know, I've say I, I've seen another Michelle Salvi movie, and then I watched it, and like I think about the church like every week since I've watched it for the past year. Hold on, I got the church on my list. I love the church. Should I save it? It's so fun. Oh, and the same person. Okay, so she did Cemetery Man, yeah. which I love. Well, may, may, the church I've been really excited for since you talked about it last year. Though Michelle is a man. It's Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, like, like Michelle. Like Michelle Gondry. Yeah. It's Michelle. That's the one. Yeah. Michelle. So, so the problem is you. A soft Mispronouncing Michael. it. <laughs> Not me. Baby, it would never be your problem. No. <laughs> How could you even say that? How could you even <laughs> imply it? Uh, yeah. So maybe the church. Spider Baby. Spider Baby is so fun. The, the church and Spider Baby would be good. Would be like, good. You're one, tired two. of everything. Just watch those two. Okay. The one thing I'll say to kind of cap this up is what usually ends up happening the last two days of the month is no matter where my list is at, I say, I did 31 and I throw up my hands and then I watch Evil Dead 2. Yeah. I watched Evil Dead 2 the last two years too. Uh, I try to save one rewatch for Halloween night. Evil Dead 2 is the perfect Halloween movie, especially, you know, with friends or without friends. Yeah. It's funny. It's actually kind of scary. It has a fun, vibrant energy. It's fast. Short. It's like a fun movie to drink while you're you're watching. Some, Some may say it's the ultimate experience in grueling terror. Some. I mean, I would put that in print somewhere given the option throw it up in lights i would say that but here's the thing uh yeah i don't want to watch something super grueling for the last three days that's why i usually start with something super grueling which is not a great way to actually start the month off but i usually start with something kind of grueling like if i like every year i plan to watch martyrs and then i'm like i'm not gonna watch (laughs) martyrs it's really good though you should watch yeah so yeah so without further ado let's get into our first slugfest movie uh, but not our first Spooktober movie. That's a few days away for us. Next week, we're actually going to get to talk about what we thought of some movies. So, uh, well, at least three or four, depending on how fast I'm going. Do you want to kick off Spooktober with Slugfest? Talk about slugs. Yeah, let's talk about s- slugs. They're not snakes, Peter. Oh, they move really slow, though, so it's kind of... I keep crawling back to you I keep crawling back to you So Peter, you are alternate taglines. The alternate tagline is uh, one is just uh, get slimed with an exclamation point. Oh, that that uh, won't get you sued by Columbia, Peter. <laughs> oh my how god! About, how about they slimed me, Bill Murray? <laughs> slugs tagline. <laughs> they they slime me and then like put slugs in like tiny parentheses <laughs> in between they and slimed. They the slugs slimed me. Slug and jive. Check the garden. Terror waits. <laughs> that's my that's my old timey trailer tagline. It's pretty good because it's. I think you can say like kind of anything in that voice, and it's pretty good. This summer, <laughs> hot dogs are applesauce. Did you remember to flush the toilet? 
<laughs> we're having guests over. <laughs> no, not snails. Those are the ones with shells. These are slugs. They're delicious, <laughs> but not today. <laughs> this Christmas, I'm registered on Amazon. <laughs> this Christmas, you're the escargo. This summer, we're going to Denver. <laughs> it's a family reunion. <laughs> I hope Uncle Tim doesn't drink too much. We're going to get good gas mileage in our Prius. Or will we? <laughs> so, that guy's almost 100% dead, but rest in peace, buddy, because you... You're the best. Yeah, rest in buds, buddy. Yeah, horror um, horror movie trailer voice from the 80s. Our hats are off to you. Yeah. This month is dedicated to your honor. The hero that dressed up movies where, like, maybe three minutes of horror shit happened and it's mostly <laughs> just teeth getting high. Yeah. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Sometimes heroes... Are divorced guys in Pasadena. They don't need to leave their studio apartment to collect a paycheck. <laughs> I've been considering a rascal scooter. <laughs> I'm dating a nice woman from Pasadena. <laughs> so, 90 second recap. Uh, There's some slugs. Uh, so, uh, no, there are some slugs, actually. Factually. Wow, our fastest recap. Actually, there's some slugs. Uh, They've grown teeth uh, and they're eating people due to the two most 80s things possible. Uh, They were mutated by toxic waste and they were unearthed by the building of a shopping mall. (laughs) You don't get much more 80s than toxic waste shopping mall. Slugs was speaking to the issues of the time. This is stuff that people weren't thinking about, folks. This movie does have a lot of, like, weird Reagan-era 80s, like, stuff that people were talking about. So there's, like, the five-second anti-smoking ad and uh, saying, I'm not on welfare, I pay my taxes. And people, like, chastising people who do drugs and... Our hero is somebody who's evicting someone from their home. Yeah, he's yeah. public health inspector Mike Brady. The movie was made 1989. I wish it was Mike Gravy. Well, you know, but Mike Brady is the patriarch of the Brady family. Yeah, I wish it was Mike Gravy because then I could think about Gravy while I'm watching this movie. I just don't know how you... It's 1989. If it was like 1965 and there was no Mike Brady, sure, name your fucking protagonist Mike Brady. But how can you name... You know, you just can't name <laughs> the protagonist of your horror movie after like a household character's name. Oh yeah, what's what's this guy's name? Oh, Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the name of your main character? Why is there another one that people know about? <laughs> like people know it's like it, when they say most recognized names, it's Jesus Christ, Mike Brady, Adolf Hitler. That's like the 1 2 3. Where morally do you think Mike Brady falls between Jesus Christ and Adolf Hitler? I mean, he's definitely better than Hitler. Definitely better than Hitler. I think a little better than Jesus, too. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing, also. Uh, The show wasn't called, like, That Wacky Family, and every fifth episode they happen to mention that their last name is Brady. No. The show was called The Brady Bunch, and they name every character in the intro in the longest intro of the 1960s. 
Um, and on top of that, like, even though, sure, you can make the argument they were a bunch. It was a group project. Everyone mattered equally. Everyone knows that's not true. Mike Brady, Carol Brady, those are protagonists. Hell yeah, maybe. Mike Brady, like, solved most of the issues. Did Jan fucking ever solve one issue? Fucking Jan. Fucking Jan, man. The only issue they solved is which is the worst Brady. Yeah, she solved that day one. Tied with Bobby and Peter and Cindy. Oh, <laughs> they were all pretty bad. Cousin Oliver, also not great. Have you ever turned on a show faster than Brady Bunch? I remember watching it like at Nick and Night when I was a kid. You used to like, watch this it is all. Roughly pleasant. And then you watch three more episodes. You know, like how has television gotten so much better? See, I used to watch it all the time because it was the literally the only thing on when I didn't have cable. Like at 4 p.m. after school. So you had like DuckTales, Chippendales, and then... Uh, whatever local station I had, like, did, like, a mini Nick at Night, so they were doing, like, Brady Bunch and Growing Pains, and then, like, a couple years later, it was, like, something more recent than that, and then, whatever. Great example, something more recent than that, but I did watch a lot of Brady Bunch. You really uh, painted a picture with something more recent than that. You probably felt like you were there. Uh, so, <laughs> Whoa! So, anyway, so Mike Brady, intrepid health inspector, uh, he starts noticing... Uh, that people are being stripped of their skin and brutally murdered. He's like, maybe there's maybe there's a connection. In retrospect, it's kind of hard to not notice. Uh, yeah, there is all these. We'll talk about this a little. There is all these uh, excuses that everyone's like, man, that house, they just kept it a mess. And so, yeah. At one they, point, someone goes, it's, it might be rats. And I'm like, well, that would be a good movie, too. I would watch that movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Either way, they were picked clean pretty quickly, Mike. And then another family, like their house exploded. So due to the slugs, we'll talk about that. So there was, there's like half the movie where there's some deniability. So what solves the mystery finally? Is it Mike puts the clues together? You figure out that maybe these deaths are connected? Or is he just randomly talking to his wife who is doing some gardening? And then he tries to pick up a slug and it bites him, which is like, not great. Slugs Not great. don't do this. So he gives the slugs to a scientist. The scientist like, I'm going to do some research. We'll see what the slug sitch is. Meanwhile, that slug ends up like eating a mouse. And he's like, hmm, not the slugs I know. Not all, not all slugs. <laughs> Those uh, aren't hashtag. my slugs. Yeah. These aren't your daddy's slugs. <laughs> Ew. Uh, These slugs of the 80s. So Mike Brady takes it right to the top. To the mayor and is like, guys, holy shit, slugs, toxic waste. We tried to build a shopping mall. Uh, we shouldn't have done that. They're all in the sewer. And everyone's like, Mike, you crazy. Uh, and But but Mike keeps going. And eventually he convinces people because people keep dying from slugs. And eventually City Hall just can't fight the truth. And so Mike takes a, a group of two people down to the sewer to light them all on fire. Uh, and he does that, and it's successful, and people are very happy that they Well, he can... leaves someone behind. <laughs> yeah, but that guy wasn't that important. Yeah, I mean, just, it, all we knew about him is that he really wanted to go home and bang his wife after Wanted to go home and bang his wife. to do that. Yeah, there's some ancillary characters besides Mike Brady. There is, uh, his friends that have another job with an alcoholic wife. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, another big, thing. Uh, big Business and Boozy McGee. Big, big business and Boozy McGee. And there's some high school kids that are like... 
there because, hey, we have to have someone threaten to rape someone because uh, it's the 80s and that's what the kids want to see. Uh, so we got that and then a little bit of nudity, too. Yeah, when we too. got there, I was like, listen, slugs are enough. Slugs are enough. They, I mean, they do have the, the teens having sex and both of them meet their, their end. Uh, and then you are like, oh, my God, an 80s movie where no one tries to date rape anyone or rape someone. Great. Ten minutes before the end, <laughs> there's a guy, like, trying to date rape his um, kind of date. So you almost made it to the end, slugs. But anyway, so, yeah, people blow up. It's over. Roll credits. It's a lean 89 minutes, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> really. Joseph. But it's it's really fun. So, Peter, you've never oh. seen this. What, what were your thoughts? And I, I actually... Um, and then I want to talk about something about why I think this is such a great, uh, great horror movie kickoff for our Spooktober. This is uh, kind of the ultimate flip side to what most people think of as horror. Most people think of horror as easy to understand threat, a killer clown, you know, a bunch of zombies a vampire king like they think of this like kind of scary concept you can't really take it 100 percent seriously but it's one of these insane 80s horror movies it's not italian it almost feels like it's trying to out italian the italians uh the director uh yeah he did he did pieces which i always assumed was a giallo movie yeah, you did want to hear Simone. So Pieces is sort of a Giallo movie, but it's not made in Italy. So it doesn't have exactly the same tone. And they did Pod People. You did Pod People, which is an MST3K movie. It's one of the defining movies of that series. And I would actually say it's probably like the first defining one. Because yes. it came third season. It was the first episode I ever watched that wasn't the movie. The movie was my first thing I ever saw. But the first episode I ever watched was Pod People. And so... And it is really good. It's a really good episode. So uh, Slugs in pieces are both by this director, this Juan Piquer Simone. Uh, and he kind of directs it with this this eye that kind of reminds me of canned movies in some sense. But in another sense, it reminds me of a lot of the wackier uh, Italian exploitation movies because it doesn't always care about linear logic. Uh, it has strange ideas on what being American is. It has too many characters that aren't clearly defined. Yes. A lot of characters that are quickly defined. They're not clearly defined, but they're quickly defined. So We're well, like, just like, yeah, why am I spending time with you? Oh, because you're going to kill him. And then like 20 minutes later, you're like, wait, who the fuck was that? Is yeah. that the name they just said? I don't. It doesn't matter. But you get, like a, you get like a single line. From the guy that's like trying to define him. And then you're like, oh, that's all we're going to get on that character. As soon as you find out the wife is an alcoholic, you're like, oh, that's all we know about her for the movie. That's all she knows about herself. Because she says to her husband at one point, oh, I've been drinking way too much. I need to stop drinking. Like yeah. she she basically does announces that she's an alcoholic with no subtlety and with no time with her whatsoever. There was no come to Jesus moment. There, it was just like she came to this growth, not only off camera, but like with no hint that she might be done. The last thing what? we saw of her was her getting drunk and seeming pretty comfortable on the couch. Yeah. That, well, yeah, she came, she came home. She turned on the TV. She poured herself a, a glass of scotch and... 
yeah, I hope she gets the help she needs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that, that was it. <laughs> oh, man. Came home and poured a drink. Oh, you should be locked away or get serious therapy. <laughs> You're going to hurt someone. And, like, that's the thing is, like, you can do that in a shorthand in Shutter Island when we already know this dude is fucked in the head and he comes home and when he pours that whiskey for himself as soon as he comes home, you're like, oh, you are. This is, like, your thing. She doesn't even top off the glass. It's, like, a third of the way full. Yeah. Uh, Shutter Island isn't, like, to the top. It's like a thing. Like, you could see it in his face. You could see the pain. And then you look at her in in Slugs. um, Not as well made of a movie. A J.P. Simone is not Martin Scorsese. Mm. Um, one of the best take. of all time. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of quick characterization done, is my point, uh, which is very Giallo-esque, where like, it, it actually serves a nice purpose. They rarely have scenes establishing characters twice. Yeah. That's something they do in American movies very often because like they're like not only losing their audience, like we need to make sure everybody knows who the, where this guy stands as a character, but also we need to reiterate where the plot is. Like this movie does not give a shit if you are along for the ride or not. No. It's just like, well, you missed those five minutes on that woman and now she's dead. So I hope you're happy. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> we may mention her name and you're going to be confused and you're just going to have to live with that. Uh, so I actually want to back up a sec. Before we get too deep into this, because this is the second time I've seen it. I really like it. I think that this movie is the perfect distillation of why something like Spooktober and all Hooptober and all these other personal challenges exist and uh, is able to exist because of movies like Slugs. There's no other genre that really lends itself to be able to say – I'm going to watch 30 or 40 new ones of these every single year and find 25 to 30 of those that I really enjoy. Because unlike other genres, horror movies only need a couple of things. And this movie is is great. This movie is a perfect example that they they just need a hook. And And the hook in this movie is fucking there's killer slugs. Great. Mark it down. That's a movie. You could make an entertaining horror movie off the idea of killer slugs. And then you get a couple of, of clever kills. You have a couple either funny or goofy moments and, and you got a movie. And that's really all you need to make a not just a watchable horror movie, but an enjoyable movie. And honestly, even after you have your pre- premise, it doesn't even matter if they're good performances or bad performances or good special effects or bad special effects or good kills or bad kills or it actually doesn't matter because if it has good versions of all that, it may be more classic. It may be considered a really good movie. And if it has bad versions of all that, it can be a fun group watch that everyone enjoys. And and this is such a perfect example. Like slugs and movies like slugs is the reason that there is such a deep bench of horror movies that you can sit down and enjoy and make these obsessive lists over. 
You can't do it with sci-fi. You that that bench run that well runs dry. Uh, a great point, Aaron. Thank um, you, Peter. <laughs> it's really like think about it. Like westerns, you run out of stuff so quickly. Sci-fi is one of my favorite genre, but you just run out of good movies. And like the crappy ones are just crappy. They're not fun. There's no other genre where this is possible. If you can get behind a few different types of different approaches to to cinema, horror movies are going to really just be your thing. And you can easily fill up 31 movies every year for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, Especially as right now we're kind of in a heyday for indie horror. So like for every like 10 old movies I put on there, I'm like, well, I mean, there's like three or four new ones that I really want to include as well. If I cut off like... Okay, the next 30 years, no horror movies made after 2017. I would never be like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yes. So, Aaron, let's sort of lay something out. So we talked about The Room sort of being a movie that, uh, you know, we talked against the so bad it's good kind of designation. You're enjoying this movie as a comedy. You're enjoying the movie. You have to give it a rating based off of how you are interpreting the movie. Yeah. With this, what are the asks that the movie makes of you? Or what are the asks of these kind of movies? These, uh, you know, kooky knockoff movies or gore fests? Like, what are the asks? So the asks are, uh, it needs to have uh, good kills, practical gore effects. Yeah, and they don't have to be scary kills. They can just be, you want something that's at least unnerving, believable. Visually uh, impressive. Visually impressive. Uh, disturbing, uh, like any of those works. It can be have all four, five, six categories of, of what they could be, and it's great. But if they have one of those, like an unnerving kill, an unnerving disappearance, that can be good enough. And this movie has the melting body thing with the slithering worms. Uh, oh, it's so good. A really good effect. It's a really good effect. Uh, all of the special effects in this movie are great, and they do one of the things that the best horror movies do. Like, sure, it's a dumb premise, but it's like, fuck, who doesn't want to see a movie about killer slugs? It's why there's a million different killer ticks, killer rabbits, killer frogs, killer rats. It's it's a it's a it's a hook. So you have to have the hook. You have to have good kills. When people say a performance is bad or dialogue is bad, if you think the characterization of a character is bad in a lot of these movies, it really doesn't matter because these movies aren't concerned with usually performing good drama. Yeah. Actually, a lot of my least favorite horror movies have way too much of a focus on the drama, and then they also try and have their cake and eat it too. So they're like, um, it's it's a compelling traditional drama, but also there's a monster. Like, if, if those two elements aren't balanced well against each other... You can end up with a real fucking boring movie. Yeah. I think you need to have clean direction. You need to let the showstoppers in most of these horror movies. Again, exceptions for the masters of the Carpenters, the Stuart Gordons, Joe Dante's, the Romero's. Like, you could go down that list. And those are, like, amazing directors with amazing material kind of creating not just a – not just a this was an enjoyable horror movie, but, like, masterpieces of the genre. But you do need clean direction. If if you're not that, you need a level of clean direction because you need to be able to let the special effects, the kills, the gore effects be present on screen. You need to be able to let the audience enjoy those moments. And I do think that when some of these movies that on paper have those other pieces we talked about uh, but don't work, 
It's because the director doesn't know how to frame shots. It doesn't know how to use shadows in a way that doesn't cover up what you want to see. It either stays on something too long or cuts away too quick. And it kind of uh, doesn't let the actual experience sit or sit too long or some variation on that. So I do think there is a level of competence in directing that you need for one of these to be enjoyable. Yeah, you need to be able to at least understand if you're not watching the movie on a total lark and not just laughing at it, which is not something I really get yeah. that much thrill out of. There's a few exceptions. Like Miami Connection is a movie I'm just straight up laughing at. There's not that many exceptions to that rule, but I think generally I need to understand where people are, who are the threats, where yeah. they're coming from, what devices we have they have to protect themselves that sort of basic competency is something that you need to have and like you'd be surprised how many like even modern movies like even sci-fi like cheapo sci-fi channel movies do not just have basic like where is everybody (laughs) yep and you also need good pacing because pacing is important that you're not getting bored. I feel like when I watch a, uh, a kind of shrug of a horror movie, uh, I would say like a torso or even a movie that we covered like a New Year's Evil or something like that. That That's fine, but it's not it's not as good as slugs where they're not pacing out the the showstoppers well enough. Like this movie is so great because it has a lot of inventive kills and it seems to know like, hey, every 15 minutes – Give someone something to chew on, uh, something to shock them, something to surprise them, and then let that next kill move the story along. So that that pacing of keeping you interested and invested so that you're not just like, man, this movie sucks. When's the next kill going to be? And you kind of lose touch with why you're watching it in the first place is very necessary. So a lot of movies have second act problems. I think Slugs avoid second act problems by doubling down on the ridiculous kills and just taking all of these disparate characters that you've already met and killing them and kind of like making this town almost feel like an empty vessel. And you're like, by the time you get to the third act, you're like, why? Who is worth saving in the town? Is (laughs) it just the wife? Um, Yeah. It's the wives, basically. Yeah. Well, it sets up a lot of Chekhov slugs where Mm -hmm. it's like uh, the the big business guy eats the um, big business monkey. Big business monkey eats the the salad prepared by his wife that has slug eggs on it. Sets that up really early that they're slug eggs um, and, and like lets that go. It sets up the fact that like these slugs have been invading of this bedroom that's going to come and this one house where eventually two star-crossed high school lovers are going to have sex for the first and last time. Um and it, it kind of sets poorly. The whole, like the whole thing, not just their deaths. The sex goes poorly. Oh yeah, well yeah. He like takes a break. Look, I'm not going to excuse the part later that that we talked about with the guy being an asshole to that girl and being like, um, at first I was really happy about it because she kind of is like, "Fuck you, then you don't like me. If you if you're only going to like me if I sleep with you, then you don't like me." And she walks away, and I'm like, "Oh, nice going, 80s Good for movie." You. And yeah. then later he's like assaulting her, which is. Oh, and then she walks into a slug pit yeah. and uh, dies. Yeah. So that's garbage. But I will say the actual like nudity uh, featuring uh, sex part of this movie. Uh, first of all, it, it you get some dick. 
you get some boobs. It's equal opportunity nudity, and they both die horribly. It's not one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he tries to run away and still loses. He still loses. He, he tries to get away, doesn't try to save her, and then he slips and falls and also gets destroyed by slugs. In a very creepy scene, those slugs burrowing under people's skin is is extremely effective. So even though this like movie's twist is kind of dumb, uh, it plays on a, a real fear, which maybe is almost something that we should add to our list, Peter, where it doesn't need to be scary, but horror movies that work best tend to work because they are riffing on something that is truly frightening on some level. They don't need to be scary movies. I feel like I'm underlining that a lot. But I'm, I get so sick of, and this happens all the time around this time of year, where people go, that horror movie sucked. It wasn't very scary, which is like, well, you know, I don't get scared at that many movies, period. So 99% of horror movies don't work for me then based on your criteria, which is ludicrous. But what they do need to do, I think, they're movies made about fear. That's what kind of classifies them as horror movies. So in this movie especially, the fear that they're preying on is this idea of Something that you can't see, that you can't stop, that is overwhelming. That's one fear. They, I think they do a good job with that. And then the second one is like stuff getting into your skin and into your body, which is that you can't see and then bursting out before you have a chance to do something. And that's part of the reason I wanted to do this month because there's something uh, throwbacky about which Night of the Creeps is more of a throwback. But there's something throwbacky yeah. about the idea of like killer slugs that we created through a toxic event and then there's also something really primal about it as well there's something not retro but just like retro 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 that's our body is this like system of parts and the idea that something could invade it not just like a weapon like being stabbed but like something could invade it and like hurt us from the inside and it's something that's like it's visible. These slugs yeah. are something you can see with the naked eye. It's, it's not like a disease. Yeah. So that's why Contagion, I think, is one of the only good, true disease thrillers that isn't a zombie movie. Yeah. Because it's so hard on film to have something be a threat that is literally on a different cosmic scale. Yeah. And that's kind of what we talked about. Uh, not really, I guess, kind of a horror movie. But when we did uh, Phase 4, where yes. it was like... There was something, uh, and both of us have had at various times actual infestations with ants as well. And I live in California now, so they just happen all the time. Yeah, I just have, I just have all that ant gel all the time. We have a, a space out in kind of more of the suburbs and wooded area, uh, not like a development suburb, but like the woods. It used to be the woods, um, and, and a ton of trees that we we have like a, a company come in and spray once every three months because. They, they will come back. They, those ants, they're impossible. And so this this movie does that very well, too, where there's there's something about a bunch of tiny things that you can see, but, like, you, you can't stop them. You can no. kill 30. They reach that number. Um, I forget what number it is where our brains are, like, actually not able to process what that means in any real factor. 30? <laughs> I think it's a little higher than that. But oh, it's like, for like smart people. Okay, got it. But yeah, it's like twelve's the highest number. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, no, it's something like uh, somewhere in like in the hundreds that basically like there's no difference in our mind between like twenty five hundred and seven thousand. Like those are such foreign concepts of us being able to visualize that we we just can't do it. So even though like one can be a factor of three of the other, 
we're just not able to process it in our brains. It's actually why they say that people are really bad when they win the lottery because at some point like these huge amounts of money are so meaningless to to people because they can't – they have no like real understanding of a million, ten million is just more than I could ever have imagined having that they don't understand it's like not limitless. And that's essentially what happens with like these kind of infestation movies where it's like – yeah, I see so many. What do I do? Do I just start stomping? In this case, you can't because they will bite your shoe. It, here's the thing about ants. Um, <laughs> kill three if it makes you feel better. It doesn't do shit. So that's yeah. why in this movie they literally have to uh, bomb the sewer system. Yeah. The eggs are just going to keep hatching. You have to find a way to like actually just draw them all somewhere that can passively take care of them. So, yes, this movie, I think this movie hits all the bullet points for this isn't a masterpiece, but this is a perfect addition to just either a fun night with friends watching a kind of a an entertaining horror movie or uh, like a spooktober list. This this kind of checks all of the boxes of I'm not a masterpiece. But I am a really, really good time. And as such, like, there's not there's not a ton to talk about here. So let's just dive into, I think for movies like this, it makes the most sense to dive into scenes and moments, just do a little crisscross of stuff that we liked or didn't like, uh, and, then, and then shoot into final thoughts. This can be a, like a slug, a slippery get in, get out, and leave a trail behind in good iTunes reviews. <laughs> so I'm going to start with something I really like, which is the one-two punch of the opening scene. So like a lot of horror movies, uh, this has a this has a little teaser before the credits. Uh, it is the shortest. A tease. <laughs> it is the shortest uh, teaser that uh, elucidates nothing that is going on. It's it's so great. And it almost plays with like the convention of you see uh, you see nudity in the opening scene because, uh, of course, 80s horror movies, people are having sex. That means they got to die. So this the opening scene really goes like this. Two kids on a boat. They're about to go skinny dipping. The guy jumps in. The, the, his girlfriend right there starts to lift up her shirt. The water explodes with blood. She puts her shirt down, yells his name, boom, cut to credits. Like, it's like 45 seconds. All it hints at you is that there's something that can live underwater, which the movie never... Well, there's no mystery because, again, even if you somehow were blindfolded and taken into this movie not knowing what it is, the next thing that pops up is... Slugs. <laughs> and it is one so, of the best title cards we've ever seen in a horror movie. It's this slow cursive yeah. drawing out the S and the L, and it just goes through the whole word, and we're yep. slowly revealing a picture in the background. It's really cool as a, as a title. It's really, really good. Great font. Uh, and then it has a fun little goofy thing, too, that they have, like, removed from all listings of the DVD and everything else, it has the slugs, and then below it in like just a like a Times New Roman, it just says like the movie. It brings up a lot of questions. It's not called Slugs the Movie anywhere else. It's not called an IMDb letterbox. Yeah, but it's not like oh, as opposed to the slugs. Well, they were leading the charge. They were hoping that science textbooks would change slugs, the term for the animal, into slugs, 
the animal. Slugs the animal, yeah. To differentiate slugs, from the movie. The pest. Slugs the type of bullet. Slugs the lazy people. <laughs> uh, I think I know why they did it, though. You know this is based on a book? Oh, is it? It is It is absolutely based on a book. So much so. Now, I, d- I didn't get a chance to finish this, which is too bad. Uh, there is a commentary with the author of the book uh, on the uh, Arrow Blu-ray I own. And it is based on a novel by Sean Hudson called Slugs. I only got a chance to, li- to listen to about a half hour of the commentary. So he did the UK novelization of The Terminator. Naturally. Of course. Uh, he has a bunch of books that uh, don't have links on Wikipedia. <laughs> Tells you a little bit about him. Slugs does. I felt a little bad watching the commentary. So the commentary is set up as like a slug super fan interviews the author about the changes made between uh, the book and the movie. And I did, besides the fact that I had to go to bed, I turned it off after the author started saying stuff like, you know, uh, people tend to think of me as like the godfather of gore. And if people think that I'm, I mean, who am I to say that I'm not? And it was kind of <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're a very nice man. There's literally a documentary called The Godfather of Gore versus Gordon Lewis. <laughs> I don't think the author of the book slugs. Like, if he had a few other books that people knew about. But people don't even, like, you watch Slugs and you're not like, oh my gosh, this is clearly based on literature. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, you can tell because of the dense layers. Yeah. Uh, you feel like they, you know, you watch it, but like, they only can kind of hint at the depth that the book would plumb. Like, again, I'm sure he's a very nice man, but th- that was the point that you're kind of like, okay, I if I keep listening to this, I'm either going to feel really bad because this guy thinks he's the godfather of gore he's and delusional. the and the interviewer is like kind of supporting that which i'm sure was meant sincerely but feels mean or just or more likely he's just an inexperienced interviewer doing a fucking commentary for the interview for the movie slugs and you know it's not going to be like well you know actually anybody but you yeah, you're you're not. Or it was going to be like I was going to get angry at him or like I didn't want to start laughing at him or something like that. So I was like, that's enough. It's interesting that there's a book. going to pull the ripcord. It's, yeah, it's interesting that he has a whole commentary on this Blu-ray. But uh, this is not fun and interesting, but more a little, a little sad. I do think that's why they called it Slugs the Movie, even though it's super goofy in retrospect to differentiate it from Slugs. The book. It's like the book. So, yeah. So, that's – even though it seems really goofy in retrospect, that is why they differentiated, I think, uh, on the movie title card that this ain't the book that you guys read in high school. This is the movie. And I know that over time, stuff eventually disappears. Still, this is a very fun artifact for, from from that. Especially because it it, it is like uh, the Slugs font, like you said, is great. And then it's just like, the movie. It, that felt like a uh, contractual obligation. Yeah. Make sure people aren't confused that they are not reading a book. Is that our first thing? Like he, the nobody knew the book and he was like, well, I need to sell copies of the book. I want people to see this movie and go, yes, I need to buy the book now. Or do you think 
He's like, look, you want to grease those box office numbers? Let him know that this is the movie based on my book. Say it's the movie of Slug. <laughs> what are some scenes that stood out to you? Um, so my favorite thing in the movie, absolute favorite thing in the movie, is uh, when the the husband, the big business monkey, eats the fucked up salad. He's got stomach problems. The movie actually sets up this death for like 20 minutes before, which is like not in its character at all. The movie basically has this scene where he goes and he says, I feel shitty. And he goes into a bathroom and I went. Oh no, they're gonna make like a. He's just gonna throw up in a bathroom sink. That's like not. That's not fun. Instead, he tightens himself up in the bathroom, goes back into the massive restaurant with all these people in it, and then has his fucking explosion blood freak out in front of all these people. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is this is what I wanted. I wanted somebody <laughs> to get like infected from the inside, just like coughing blood all over a restaurant. Like I want the chaos. I want like the whole thing right that is one of the best scenes because it it has the person exploding suddenly um it has the slugs coming out it's great just great practical effects it's uh if you have the arrow blu-ray or have seen the arrow blu-ray cover that's essentially what the image is uh on the cover of like someone kind of ripping off their skin like the idea of someone inside you and you are well it's like destroying you getting out you're kind of helping it along by destroying yourself to get in it's so good it happens so quick and, and it was set up really well it like i called it check off slug because the whole time you kind of are like those are coming out at some point and you almost think they kind of set it up to he's gonna go uh, have sex with his wife and they're going to come out there but they don't they don't do that he doesn't have sex they kind of like lay in bed together and it cuts cuts to close you're like oh okay and then but it's of course it's it's dinner with his clients yeah and then the clients immediately want to they go from that restaurant and go to the mayor's office because apparently this this deal is so big the mayor's getting brought in told on though first mike brady has a for no reason three minute argument about look i don't know even though a slug bit me and and people saw slugs i don't know if it's something in the mood in the food so <laughs> i i don't know look chef you made a convincing case that this isn't your restaurant food I'm Mike Brady, health inspector, not ready to give you that judgment yet. So an F could be coming. I'm just letting you know. Look, it could be something that you fed him. Stay tuned. Uh, the chef never reappears. Uh, and I don't know why at that point in the movie they, they tried to sell the audience. I don't, I don't know who that was for. Where he's like, I don't know. My favorite thing in the second act of this movie, and it's because one of my least favorite things in horror is... Guy knows the truth. Nobody will believe him. Can't admit it himself, yeah. too. Fright yeah. Night is one of the few movies that actually pulls it off. Yeah. Most of the time when I see... I grew up with so many Goosebumps stories and oh, uh, yeah. one of the dark stories where it's just kid discovers weird thing. Nobody believes him. And it, I think it just frustrated me so much as a kid that now it's just like drives me crazy. But this scene made me so happy when he goes in the mayor's office and he's like, yeah, yeah. 
I'm a big man. I'm going in and I'm telling him the truth. I'm going to tell this mayor how I really feel. And then him and the other uh, business monkeys are like, hey there, stop being so spooky. There's no slug problem. And he's like, there's like like literally 50 people dead right now. There there is. But look, the mayor should have a, it's a small town. He should have a better pulse of what's going on. I will say, even if the problem is glaringly obvious, uh, honestly, like if you just have toxic waste around your town, you got to expect something's going to happen. So sure, blame the mayor. He should know that this that something's wrong here. So, but Mike Brady, intrepid health inspector. So here's the story of a lovely Brady. Who <laughs> um, was Mike. married to one very lovely girl. <laughs> um, Just a small town slug. Like their mother. <laughs> well, they like themselves because they, uh, as this movie lets you know, uh, hermodaphically? Hermaphroditically. Oh, there we go. They reproduce that way. Yeah, um, they do. They do the egg and the spermies. They they make them. They fertilize. They make the eggs. So, uh, so anyway, so Mike Brady is really not a great uh, message deliverer because he's not very convincing. Because one, super sweaty. He's a sweaty dude. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's a sweatman. He's a sweatman. He comes in and yells at the mayor about it. Bad opening. He doesn't explain. <laughs> his he, pitch no, is very bad. His pitch is off. At no point does he explain. The threat, like, look, here's what's happened. He just runs in, yells about the slugs that are coming. And then when people are like, hold on, calm down, he threatens them. So (laughs) at no point is he like, look, I am calm. You know, this person, they're dead because of this. I found this evidence. uh, And this is what has led me to my hypothesis, which at this point is proven that they're slugs. He just instead is like, the slugs, they're everywhere. We need to stop them. Hold on. Calm down. I am calm, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's supposed to be a sort of like invasion of the body snatchers thing. It is. He's overwhelmed. His panic is supposed to transfer to you where you're like, you know, I'm anxious too. I'm frustrated too. Like, yeah, go, go tell these people the piece of your mind. But instead I'm like, hey, listen, your story is fucking insane. (laughs) And I've seen the slugs. I've seen the slugs for like an hour now. Yeah. It works better in something like, I mean, uh, you're probably not going to argue that it works better in a very good movie, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, It works better there because that is a hard thing to explain. It's very hard to explain. Like, see this person? It's not actually that person. They were uh, copied by plant aliens that then took the real one and took all their energy and left them as husks. So this isn't your friend Bob. Which this, so that's like that anyone describing that sounds crazy. I mean, you don't, you still sound crazy saying that slugs are eating people, but there is a little bit more of like, look, you know how slugs, slugs uh, normally don't eat people. So this town has slugs that eat people and all the people that are dying is because the slugs are eating those people. So they're like picture bears, but smaller. It's it's a little easier to get through. No, not that small. Not that small. Oh, not you! We went way too small, Mayor. Now, oh, no, I'll, no, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> he just went. He just went to violence with his fist race. So, sure, the mayor's got a blind eye. He's probably got his hand in a couple dirty deals, but yeah, he's let's, got his fingers in a lot of pies, Mister Mayor. He's got his dick 
in the oven, as they say. As as they've been. Welcome to Slugfest Dick Talk. Slugfest Dick Talk. Yeah, slugs are kind of like dicks. Am I right? Um. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you before Viagra. <laughs> um. Oh. So there's a sheriff in this film. There's a new sheriff in town, and the sheriff is. I'm the sheriff of killing slugs. The sheriff is exactly the uh, perfect awful stereotype for a sheriff. Yeah. He doesn't like to be challenged. Uh, he's he angry. All kids are punks and don't know any respect, uh, including uh, 35 to 40 year old kids like Mr. Mike Mike Brady. Um, Why are you smoking? Yeah, there's a whole conversation where he's like. He, he's like, littering's a $500 fine in this oh, state. Yeah. Don't let me catch you doing it again. He throws a cigarette out the window and he lectures him on smoking and then tells him that he's going to fine him $500. In 1989 money, which is, you know, today, more. Yeah. Well, it's definitely more. <laughs> um, it's, if I were to guess, $1,034 and maybe 60 cents. I mean, I don't know if you're off, but sounds plausible. Money for a littering fine isn't i mean in this day and age that could that could buy three to four packs of cigarettes (laughs) what (laughs) i've been saying taxes are out of control (laughs) what's advice to me you you get to decide what my vices are yeah they're turning the frogs gay stay out of my life (laughs) they're they're turning the frogs gay welcome to alex jones slugfest (laughs) (laughs) when are we gonna change our podcast to like we love to truth warriors 2017 (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah this week we're talking about uh, escape from new york but not really we're talking about obama (laughs) can we make that another show on the on the network just an entire like truth net yeah, the only thing about that show would be like a show that we hope ages so poorly no one gets it. Um, <laughs> Unless it just becomes all news. Yeah, and because then people, then are, people like, are like, I don't get this. Like, issues. yeah, you're right. You don't get this. That's what we lived through is basically <laughs> that. So thank your lucky stars. Thank um, God my podcast is irrelevant to my children. Yeah, they'll, they'll live another day. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, what do you got for... What do you got for some final, final thoughts? So I love the fact that this is a movie that starts as a surface level kind of like it looks like it could be a cheapo horror movie in the sense that like, uh, oh, they'll just do stuff in people's backyards and backwoods and these like dilapidated houses. And then eventually like there's bigger set pieces where yeah. like there's like thousands of slugs and there's. Uh, oh, yeah. That underwater scene. The movie finally expands on its concept to the point where you're like, okay, this feels like a full-fledged kooky-ass movie, but it feels like a full-fledged movie. I mean, they blew up that fucking house. That's not a cut to a model and like, oh, poof. Like, there is a house that was built, cost some money probably. They blew that the fuck up. It's a great explosion. Great it's explosion. Kind of explosion. They don't do that much any days, uh, that much uh, anymore now. Mostly because of um, uh, all workers' laws. Yeah, all of them. Uh, it's uh, great though that they they show the whole fucking house. They're like, look, if we're blowing up this house, we're not like going to show the part of the house that matters, have an explosion out of it. Like, here's just the entire house in a neat, clean, unmoving frame. We're going to blow that the fuck up. And I love that they treated it where it's just like, listen, any of these shots can be B-roll. So we have to shoot every single (laughs) fucking frame. 
gas, 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 boom. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. And so, before I get into my final thoughts, I did forget one thing. This movie has my least favorite uh, cliche, which I guess could be explained away in that she's an alcoholic. When uh, Big Business Bob's wife comes home, pours herself that glass of scotch. Uh, she turns on a TV, uh, and that TV, sh- it shows what it's playing, and it's a movie that's clearly in the middle, and she just sits down and watches it. Like, first of all, you don't know what this movie is. There's no fucking way, because it's, like, about eels on the beach. You don't know where it's at. Who sits down and is, like, turns on the TV? Oh, it's a movie in the middle. I'm going to watch this now. Does anyone do that? Like, they do it in movies all the time. But if you ever sat down, turn on the TV, there's a movie in the middle, and you're like, eh, I'll probably piece this together. Is that something that people from an older generation did? No. Because, like, to me, even I mean, growing I up, I didn't, I didn't grow up with a TiVo. Even, I like, neither. I grew up with a TV guide. And so what I did was, if I saw a movie that looked cool, I'd say, oh, this looks dope. And I would say, oh, it's going to be on again on Sunday. Or like, oh, a couple minutes of this. What is? Oh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, it, oh, okay. Yeah, I should rent this. No one's yeah. just like, yeah. I know that's like. I don't need the first or second act of this movie to. I can't believe that they ever did movies in a live TV format. I can't believe we've ever allowed movies. Well, because you got you got to have like the TV guide. Yeah, that pre that preview channel. Do you remember the preview channel? Uh, yes. That was... Preview channel? Yeah, where it just would, like, scroll through everything oh, on those 70 channels. that hurt to watch. It hurt, but you had to go, like... It was faster could... than going channel by channel. Well, the, but the channels wouldn't even tell you what's on them, remember? Yeah, it's true. There was no, like, digital cable. So, like, you had to go five minutes before 7 o'clock. So, at 7 o'clock, you, st- you see whatever channel's, like, 60. It's going to take, like, five minutes to cycle through every channel. And you're just like, okay, right now 61 is the winner. Oh, now 7's the winner. I'm going to watch what's on 7 here. Oh, now channel 14's the winner. Like, that's that's how you used to if it, pick something if you didn't have something planned on. And but you just didn't sit and just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, and maybe if you're just, like, an enormous alcoholic and you're just like, I just need noises in the room while I drink. Yeah. Well, I just like light and sound and moving pictures, and this has all of that. <laughs> and, like, she didn't look like she was particularly confused or, like, No, she leaned like, back in her seat and was like, oh, interesting development in this movie. I've been watching for 30 seconds. So we did not, we, we stopped having cable when I was six or seven, and it sucked, because right? Of Satan? No, just because my parents uh, didn't want to pay for it anymore. That makes sense. And, Anyway, and when we moved from Montana, North Dakota, they're like, oh, we're just not going to sign up for the cable here. Uh, and then you don't have it anymore. So, uh, but I was like, we had our shows, we would go rent movies, and I was pretty obsessive about it. So, fast forward to fourth grade, uh, I get pneumonia, and I get hospitalized for a few days over it. <laughs> the great thing about the hospital is it had cable. And uh, it was a Friday, and they're like, you're doing pretty good like friday morning you're doing you're doing pretty good i think i think you're gonna get out to later this afternoon when your parents come and i'm like fuck tomorrow's saturday it's it's cable saturday morning cartoons so every time a nurse walked by or did anything i did like i did fourth grade fake sick was like uh, uh, like i didn't have a fever anymore but i was just kind of lethargic and i just faked it all day and they ended up keeping me another day uh, and I got to watch my, <laughs> I got to watch my cable Saturday morning cartoons. Um, Postscript told that story to my parents a few years later, 
And they're like, yeah, that cost us like $1,500. <laughs> Maybe that was exaggerated. It might have been like 800 or something. But they're like, you realize that like that could have paid for cable for an entire year? <laughs> and I, I did tell them, I'm like, well, I just I don't think that would have worked as a threat, even if I would have known that. Yeah. I could have been like, look, look, mom and dad, I'm feeling fine. But if you want me out of here, you get cable for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> do you want me to put this pin back in the grenade? <laughs> and then you put your, your, your hands behind your head, you lace your fingers yep. and you go, I will. uh take my decision over uh, shitty applesauce tomorrow morning while I'm watching Animaniacs. And, and every nurse knew I wasn't sick. But I, I don't think they had quite figured out what I was trying to stay in for. <laughs> actually, they probably figured out because they actually used to wheel in the Nintendo, which we didn't have. They had a list of movies that you could rent. It's where I watched Star Wars for the first time. I'm like, yeah, Star Wars, I heard about that. Um, and I was just... The of this Star Yeah, War. I was like all day, all night having them wheel in more stuff for me for like three straight days while I had like a massive fever and like, you know, was was hospitalized. But I'm like, I don't care. To be fair, nothing is better than watching like oh a God. quality like adventure movie when you're uh, ill. Well, and just like to have that like, I can just watch movies and play video games and watch TV all day that I have no access to at home. Yeah, yeah. when you're a kid, that, that high rides out how awful you yeah. feel when yeah. you're an adult. Oh, yeah. You're like, this is this is really nice that I'm enjoying Hellboy right now, but... Maybe I would have died from pneumonia, Peter. Maybe movies and the Star Wars saved my life. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so Slugs. Really, I mean, I think I think I almost summed up my thoughts on it uh, at the beginning when I was like, this is a perfect Spooktober horror watch. It's not a fantastic movie, but oh my gosh, it's a ton of fun. This was the second time I had seen it. It's, it, I mean, it's entertaining throughout. I mean, it, we talked about this in the room. It's 90 minutes. I enjoy it all 90 minutes. What more can you ask for from a movie? It's just not going to win any, it's not going to appear on any best horror movie lists. But you know what? A lot of the movies that appear on those lists, while actual masterpieces, if that's all you watched for Spooktober, it would get very boring because a lot of them are, you know, there is a big component to horror movies where it's like serious. It's about like traumas and people being damaged and and those can be fantastic movies, but they can also be, you know, painful for the soul to watch one after the other. So you kind of need these like well-executed, goofy concept horror movies to really balance out the palette. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, if you get a chance, I would definitely, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I, I entirely agree. I think that it's a perfect Spooktober movie because it is a fun experience. It has all the things that we named at the beginning of the segment uh, that sort of... Uh, <laughs> the segment... <laughs> I don't know. This half. <laughs> this, all the things we named at the beginning of the podcast, probably. Yeah, uh, that uh, sort of encapsulate what a fun uh, horror movie is. That's not going to exhaust you by the end of the month. It's not going to be like a Martyrs or an Inside, where you're like, <laughs> "Do I still like horror movies?" Yeah. yeah this this took a toll. <laughs> um, gung ho about this movie. I'm really glad that we kicked off the month with it because now I'm so excited to get into movies like this and movies more serious than this yeah i'm really glad we watched it thanks for bringing it on Aaron. you're welcome peter i think we've reached the tired loopy stage where you thank me a lot 
yes. I appreciate it. I really like it. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I also me. also we just did guest request month, so I'm like, how do we transition? Oh, we thank the guest and we ask what they're doing, and we don't have to do any of that. So, um, anyways, next well, week, Aaron, yeah, can you thank me? Hey, Peter. Slugfest continues next week with Night of the Creeps. It's going to be another one of these episodes. I'm sorry. <laughs> my deepest apologies to my friends and family and listeners of the show. <laughs> but then the following week, this will stop. And we'll, and we'll resume to normal order with Morgan Renes talking about Slither. All right. So, Morgan, welcome aboard the Slugfest train. It's now a train. It's the Slug train. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. And then we're going to wrap up Slugfest with Shivers and Beth Powder. First time guests talking about Shivers on the Slugfest. (laughs) 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 And then we're going to do a Halloween episode, but Peter and I keep forgetting to plan it, so we don't have any information of that at this time. (laughs) (laughs) No available information is available at this time. We will get you the information when you need it. Good night. Good night. (laughs) Big business monkey. Nothing's funny. Thanks for listening to We Love to Watch. Thank you so much for listening to our show. And we've got just a few quick announcements for you. There ain't nothing in the rule book that says that we can't do some of our own plugs, baby. If you'd like to talk to us, uh, tell us we're stupid. Tell us we're beautiful. The quickest way to get to us is our Facebook group, facebook.com slash we love to watch or our website wltwpodcast.com leave us a comment tell us we're doing a good job only tell us we're doing a good job we're so sensitive we're sensitive boys we're soft boys and uh if you'd like to help other people if you enjoy our show and want other people to be able to listen to this fine fine program that we produce at no cost We don't get any money for this. You guys have yet to pay us anything. We live and we breathe off of good reviews from iTunes. So if you would please go to iTunes, review our show, give us a positive rating. We would love to get more and more people involved in this show and this community. I know you hear it all the time, but it really does help. And we're also available if you don't use iTunes. We're also available on Google Music, Stitcher, Tune in. We're currently on SoundCloud. We'll take that out if SoundCloud goes away. (laughs) That's it. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned, guys, on our Facebook page especially. We're going to have a lot more polls, a lot more prizes, and a lot more uh, interaction with you guys. So keep it tuned in. Uh, Let us know what you guys are thinking. And again, above all else, thanks for listening to We Love to Watch.